This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Satan. Yes, Satan, not Satan. Not, not Satan. No. Different thing. Very different. Probably not vegetarian, that second one. I don't think so, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, we're talking about seitan, which is flavored wheat gluten, sometimes called a gluten. Wheat gluten, wheat protein, or wheat meat. It's in your tofurkey slices. Yes. Yes. But, really though, what is it? <laughs> okay. Uh, seitan is a protein product created using wheat gluten. Gluten is the primary protein in wheat. It's a stretchy and sort of linky. And the texture of seitan is, well, it's a, it's a lot like meat, maybe more so than other meat alternatives. Uh, it has a sort of fibrous chew that reminds me a lot of chicken, um, or at least like a chicken nugget, yeah. not actual chicken. Mm-hmm. And you make seitan by uh, first coaxing the gluten out of wheat flour, and then by encouraging that gluten to lock up just right to give you a, a, that nice chewy texture. To get the gluten out, you make a sort of dough of flour and water and then soak and knead it with uh, more water, like a lot more water. Gluten is not water-soluble, so it will stay put in your sort of dough. But the starches that make up the rest of wheat flour are totally water-soluble, so they will eventually wash out. You're then left with gluten. And 
Okay, gluten is made up of uh, two types of protein molecules, glutenins and gliadins, plus a smattering of a few other compounds like cysteine, which is an amino acid. And, all right, under normal circumstances, gluten is a sort of gel-like suspension of this stuff and maybe some molecules of water. But, but when you mess with it, both physically mixing or kneading the gluten and also chemically changing its pH by adding stuff like vinegar or baking soda— those cysteines will make the glutenin molecules link up. The gliadins are smaller and will get trapped in these, like, cross-linked matrices of gluten molecules. Like, a, okay, imagine, imagine, you have a few strands of giant Christmas lights. Oh, I do. Like, <laughs> like, like the bulbs are, like, the size of, like, normal lamp bulbs, okay? Mm-hmm. And these strands are just super tangled up. Oh, no. As they do. And for some reason, you in all your wisdom decided to store a bunch of bitty little, like, pinky-sized globe ornaments in the same box as these strands of Christmas lights. And so, when you take this mass of tangled lights out of the box, all of these little ornaments come with it, trapped in the little, like, pockets made up by the twisted cords. Did my mom put you up to this? (laughs) It's a lot of work taking down the decorations at the end of the year, Mom. No, no shame, no shame. (laughs) Okay, okay, does this, imagine that you can eat it. Oh. Does that make it better? Then I don't have to untangle them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, that's Satan. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Guilt-free. You can also make it at home. It is notoriously difficult to get the texture right, but yes, you can uh, totally work your own gluten out of flour or buy wheat gluten, often called vital wheat gluten in stores, and use it to make your own seitan. You can also use vital wheat gluten to up your homemade bread game. Ooh, I'm mm-hmm. always looking to up my homemade bread game. Oh. If we're talking about flavor, I actually don't have too much experience with seitan. Satan? Yes. <laughs> the form of horror movies. But seitan? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I do remember it having a hearty, meaty texture and that it absorbed flavor really well. It can mimic some of the flavors and properties of meat so well that it makes some vegetarians or vegans suspicious that there might actually be meat in whatever vegetarian vegan dish they've ordered that has seitan in it. Uh, Yeah, by itself, wheat gluten is pretty bland, but seitan is usually made with flavor additives to make it taste meaty. Um, Common recipes recommend savory things like nutritional yeast, uh, tamari, and Worcestershire sauce. And if we're talking about nutrition— Seitan has a good amount of protein. One ounce comes in around 21 grams of protein. Um, It's low-fat, low-carb, but obviously not gluten-free if celiacs or gluten intolerance is something that you deal with. Uh, Yeah, and this this package of really high protein with really low-fat and low-carb is something that some people find very desirable. Mm Mm-hmm. And numbers-wise, in 2012, some research put the meat alternatives industry in the U.S., of which Satan is a part of, at $533 million. So it's making some money. Yeah. It's making some money. And (laughs) if we look back at the history, it features a a cameo from someone I was not expecting that we haven't talked about in a while on this show. (gasps) But you're going to have to wait to find out who it is until after this quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. For centuries, Chinese and Japanese vegetarian Buddhist monks have eaten seitan. Or not exactly seitan, but hu. Romanized either H-U or F-U. But yeah, hu is not exactly what we think of when we think of seitan today, but is also a product made from wheat gluten that has been processed to form chewy, proteiny products. It's usually a little less fibrous than seitan, more like the texture of seafood than chicken, or sort of spongier, like a sort of springy cake. Yeah, um, there isn't too much when it comes to history, recorded history, when it comes to seitan, but I do know that some people like ignore this whole thing and say that this isn't seitan when they're talking about the history of seitan. Yeah. Depends, you know, mysteries of history. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, It's been a Southeast Asian diet staple since 6th century CE. In Japan, for instance, where for centuries up until the 19th century, eating four-legged animals was forbidden. This resulted from the arrival of Buddhism circa 6th century CE, compounding existing Shinto beliefs against killing or eating animals. Because of that, Japan and also India, which had a similar story, um, the idea of mock meat wasn't really a thing for a good while because there wasn't really a reference point. Uh, Yeah, there were pockets of cultures that ate meat anyway in Japan, but it was not widespread. Like, new emperors had a longstanding tradition of, as soon as they rose to power, re-upping that edict against eating mammals. Right. The same wasn't true in China. Not for the common person at any rate. Uh, Buddhist monks on the mainland and in Korea wouldn't eat animals either. Poet Yuan Mei included a recipe for a seitan textured to be similar to goose in the book Recipes from the Sui Garden. 
Journey to the West, a book out of the Ming Dynasty, comes with several wheat and gluten mentions. One involves a demon trying to trick a monk into eating human flesh and brains that resembled wheat gluten. Oh, tricky demons. No, that sounds like it could be a future fantasy food. Oh, Journey to the West is full of, uh, it's the legend that we got so many other stories out of, like a Dragon Ball Z and Sayuki and all of these weird properties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, revisit that for sure. Yeah. Who, or, you know, whatever precursor to Seitan you want to talk about, did feature pretty widely in Chinese art. There's a poem from the 11th century CE book Dream Pool Essays that said, Steel is to iron as gluten is to flour. It's only after thoroughly washing the dough that gluten is revealed. Wow. kind of want to go think about that for a minute. <laughs> but I suppose we should continue. Yeah. <laughs> in 1895, vegetarian restaurant number one opened in New York thanks to the New York City Vegetarian Society. Vegetarian restaurant number one. I love how on the nose that is. We have a restaurant similar to that in Atlanta. It was similarly named. But... The opening night menu included fruit and graham bread. Yes, that graham bread. (laughs) But that's not the cameo I'm talking about, although related. George Osawa came up with the term seitan in 1961. He was also the founder of the macrobiotic diet. And indeed, seitan wasn't that common in cookbooks until the 1970s, that word anyway. And like I said earlier, all of that early history we were, we've been talking about, some f- folks dispute it, saying that seitan got its start with the macrobiotic diet in the 1960s. I think seitan is based very heavily on who, like to the point where you can really call it. I mean, that you can you can count the history of who. Yeah, it was sort of like a, a progression. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a, just an offshoot. Yeah, I agree. When Mormon settlers were making their way to Utah in the 19th century, they needed an inexpensive protein source, and seitan was their answer. Oh, and also, you know who was a huge part of this movement? One John Harvey Kellogg. Kellogg? That Kellogg. As part of his whole health sanitarium thing that we've talked about in a few episodes, he was looking for a successful meat alternative for the vegetarians in his flock. He and his brother Wilkie, through some weird circumstance, came upon the conclusion uh, that dry wheat flaked super well. And you add milk, voila, toasted wheat flakes. Now... Kellogg and his brother, Will Keith, had a huge blowout when it came to the profitability of the cereal, eventually leading to Will spinning out the Kellogg, we all know, that company, and John Harvey Kellogg starting the Battle Creek Food Company. This company's product line was primarily mock meats, the most popular of which was known as protose. It was a combination of soy, peanuts, and wheat gluten. Sort of the first commercial approximation of seitan. Yeah. Some Seventh-day Adventist fans of Kellogg got the idea for mock meats more closely resembling hot dogs and hamburgers and adding more seasoning for flavor, including one Dr. George Harding, a relative of Warren G. Harding. Yeah, we're getting all kinds of surprising people in this episode. From this came the Worthington Foods Company and their two canned imitation meat products in 1949. If you're wondering, because we were, meatless wieners— Still available these days if you're looking for a throwback. And soy loin steaks. (laughs) 
Oh, that legitimately made me laugh. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good pun. <laughs> uh, and we talked about these meatless wieners in our hot dogs episode. These were maybe the first veggie dogs on the market. Eventually, Worthington's got bought out by Miles Laboratories, and from this came a brand you've probably heard of, Morningstar Farms. Yep, that one. They were the first that were really able to commercialize the mock meats market in the U.S., like the chick with a K patty, that was them. Morningstar went through several companies before once again falling under Kellogg's ownership. Satan's success largely depended on the public at large accepting vegetarianism, which for a while was a tough sell in the United States, especially for middle America. In the 1920s, one of America's first chain restaurants, it was called Child's, attempted to transition to a full vegetarian menu at an affordable price at the behest of owner and vegetarian William Child's. Ah. Folks didn't go for it, though. Ah. Sales plummeted and Child's was removed from his leadership position. Even progressive New York City was iffy on the idea of vegetarianism during World War II. Enter Cranks in 1961, an all-vegetarian restaurant that went on to attract famous fans like Linda McCartney and Princess Diana. And uh, I wanted to put in here at the end that these days, seitan is pretty widely available in supermarkets. But if you're looking to expand from seitan into Hu territory, the fresh stuff that's mixed with glutinous rice in Japanese called namafu is, is hard to find in the West, but you can probably find a uh, cooked and dried hu called a uh, yakihu or yakibu in whatever Asian import market is in your area. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. This episode has inspired me to try try some more seitan. Yeah, me too. I'm sort of I'm craving it right now. I've definitely had um, like clear broth Japanese soup that has these little. It almost looks like a like a little spongy cracker, and that's definitely. This, uh, this, like, yakihu, like, dried. Mm. And, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, it's nice. It soaks up, it soaks up the broth. Yeah. And it's a nice little texture difference in the soup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I got a craving. I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The tempeh episode, to date, is the one that has changed my diet the most because I eat tempeh all the time now. Really? I love tempeh. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, now I want to, now I want to, like, pick your brain for recipes and stuff. Oh, my goodness. How do you like cooking it? I like a good, simple stir-fry with soy sauce. Oh, That's heck it. yeah. And a little sesame oil. Ooh, yeah. Sesame oil makes all the difference. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm hoping maybe I'll have a similar revelation about Satan. But in the meantime, it is time for Listener, listener Mail. That was good. That was on point. There's hand gestures. There were. Coordinated. <laughs> but it wasn't coordinated, but it ended up working out. <laughs> we're taking this straight to Broadway. It would be really off-Broadway. But actually, before we get to the listener mail, we have one more quick break for you for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. 
Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we are back with a letter from Jared. He wrote, I heard you were looking for food poetry. <gasps> While not a poet myself, I wondered if you had heard of the poem Addressed to a Haggis by Scotland's most celebrated poet, Robert Burns. As a Scottish American, we celebrate Burns' birthday <laughs> each year on January 25th. And traditionally, there is always a haggis as part of the dinner. <laughs> There are all sorts of rituals and whatnot, and the evening is generally spent with friends and family reading some of Burns' poetry. However, during the opening sequence of the feast, Burns Night, or Burns Feast is what the event is traditionally called and is celebrated as a national holiday in Scotland, the presentation of the haggis before dinner is accompanied by a miniature parade from the kitchen to the dining area during which a variety of tunes is played by a bagpiper— Auld Lang Syne is another poem written by Burns and then later set to the music we all know and love, and the recitation of the poem addressed to a haggis. It's a lot of fun, and since some of Burns' poetry can get a bit bawdy, there is plenty of <laughs> laughter. I've included a link to the poem below for your pleasure. It's written in the Scots dialect of English, but this one includes a translation. If you haven't yet done an episode about haggis, perhaps you'd like to consider it. As of today, you can't get real haggis in the U.S. because of laws regarding the consumption of sheep offal. So perhaps it would be fun to research. I think so. Yeah. This sounds lovely I, and This wonderful. sounds like the best kind of party. A parade, a bagpiper. Yeah, poetry readings, the poem, feasting. Yeah, it's I'm, very good. I've never had real haggis, but I'm, I'm into the idea. I had it once, and I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it was a—you had to get over it. At least I did because I was pretty young at the time, and relatively young. And I had to get over all of the the co- context. Just, you know, in the U.S., we make a lot of jokes about it. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, but— It's just—it's really just sausage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. I believe you. But, uh, yeah, if we should post the, the poem somewhere. It is pretty— it's pretty excellent. Oh, uh, we'll have to do. We'll just have to do an episode on haggis and do a dramatic reading. Oh, yes, so in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian wrote, "Can you imagine mayonnaise on Hawaiian pizza?" Nope. No. 
I wouldn't want to either, but nevertheless, I was witness to such a usage by a shipmate some years ago. I was working aboard a traditional wooden-hulled schooner where several crew lived in a rather dank forecastle that smelled of wet wood, sea salt, rope, people, and the more pleasant, to me at least, odor of Danish pine tar. I've never been seasick, but the smells of that boat, plus the sight of our bosun slathering mayonnaise atop her slice of steaming hot Hawaiian pizza, seeing it melting into the ham and pineapple, was enough to make me just a tad green. Don't get me wrong, I like mayo. But this is not an acceptable use for such a condiment, even one so versatile as mayo. I am from Connecticut and still live there, but work on a tugboat down south where the Cajun crew has converted this Connecticut Yankee to Dukes. Having been raised in the North, I had never heard of Dukes. Hellman's and its abysmal approximation called Miracle Whip were all I knew. But as soon as I tried Dukes on a cucumber sandwich, I was elated to find that it was less sweet and pleasantly tangy. Turns out these Southerners were right about their preference for Dukes, unlike their preferred treatment of lobsters by boiling them with crawfish seasoning or crab boil, bleh. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Food opinions are so great. Yeah, yeah. Man. Savor neither endorses nor nor denies. (laughs) We should get cards that say that. (laughs) I Yeah, I didn't include it, but at the beginning of um, this letter, Brian wrote... Don't show this to Annie. It'll make her <laughs> feel terrible <laughs> or something. And he's right. I got a little queasy. Oh man, hearing that description. Yeah, that's an intense condiment usage. Yeah, I've never witnessed such a thing, and I have no desire to. I don't approve of warm applications of mayo. Okay. I think it's. I think it's basically a cold sandwich only condiment. Okay. Yeah. That's Lauren's food opinion. Yeah, I can. I can see an aioli. <laughs> it's, you gotta go case by case, but yeah. generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you've really got to step up the spices somehow if you're going to apply a mayo product to a warm sandwich or mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> we should really have a a book of uh, your food <laughs> rules. I like it. I love this this kind of stuff. <laughs> keep track. Keep track of that. Uh, thanks to both of them for writing in. If you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to super producer Dylan Fagan. Thank you to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. 
Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.